0: Hey, welcome to the Bookish Life Podcast. I sound perky.
1: You are, yes. <laughs> How much sleep did Phil get I, last night? I we are know. unsure.
0: Sarah got lots of sleep. Way so. to go.
1: Yeah. You're yeah. carrying this thing.
0: All right, here we go. Yeah. And we're done.
1: <laughs> it's 2024, Sarah.
0: Yeah, happy new year, listeners.
1: Yes, you'll be getting, I think, a double-barreled pod.
0: Well, don't promise anything. Okay. But we did we did do a really riveting End of the mm-hmm. year podcast yes. with our favorite books of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know where it went. So yes. hopefully that will resurface sometime between now and the end of this year. Right. And we can, least, can just,
1: if we find it, we can play it at the end of 24 and act know. like it's a uh, it's act
0: contemporary. like we didn't read anything. That's right.
1: That's right.
0: Um, anyway, so, so that might happen. Um, and then I thought, well, we would maybe just redo that podcast today. But then I think I may have found it. So you're going to get fresh content. <sighs> We're going to hear Phil Graff about a book Uh that I loved. Yep. Ugh. Love that. Yep. And um, talk about whatever else we want to talk about. Yeah.
1: Let's do that.
0: Let's start with...
1: What do you want to start with? You're running the show.
0: Oh, yeah. I am running the show. Since we're kind of already on the Tyler Parker rant, let's just finish that conversation. So we were... I loved a book by um, an author who's from Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. doesn't live there anymore. Mm -hmm. He's an L.A. guy now, named Tyler Parker... I thought it was one of the funniest, freshest books I've read in a long time. Mm-hmm. Phil could not get past the first third.
1: I got almost a half. Almost I half. I cleared 200 and something pages. Okay. What was the name of it?
0: It was called A Little Blood and Dancing. That's right.
1: A Little Blood and Dancing.
0: I love it. I think the dialogue was really funny. Mm-hmm. I don't think the characters were necessarily different. They were all mm-hmm. kind of the same caricature yep. of this type of mm-hmm. weird... Rural Socratic. Oklahoman. Well, like, yeah, um, yeah, I guess. Um, and you get to see them like dirt poor, and then come into money, and struggle with things like um, him not having a job, and then the whole back that he's a murderer. Like, there's all kinds of like weird stuff. Yes. Um, but to me, the dialogue, mm-hmm. just I laughed out loud often, mm-hmm. but Phil did not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's interesting because uh, I think.
0: So I, I like Tyler. Sorry, one more thing. No, go ahead. So he said earlier that they were. It was a terrible relationship. He was yes. a terrible person. Yes. I think maybe there's a part of me that just loves reading about really terrible people. Or <laughs> so maybe that's yeah. what it is. But go ahead.
1: Well, so yeah, the, the key relationship in there is between Table and Lady, mm-hmm. and Table's a guy. Yeah, and then ladies, a, a young woman that Sylvia he meets. a table. That's right. So weird. And that that he meets at Sonic. Yeah. Which I like the actually the little flourishes and embellishments. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed those. I thought I recognized the world that he built mm-hmm. as an Oklahoman sure. and as a person who spent time in rural Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I didn't recognize the characters at all, um, but the the dialect, like all those sorts of things, but that so. I think to enjoy the book, I think you have to buy into the journey. That's Barry knocking over a bunch of books. Um, Aw, Barry. So, those are on the floor.
0: Yeah, she messed up the whole show. Yeah. Actually, we'll get to that Okay.
1: One. So, I think you have to really buy into that relationship in order to enjoy...
0: That they would get together?
1: Well, the whole journey of the relationship, right? Like, because I was bought in mm-hmm. through the marriage. Mm-hmm. I was like, this all makes sense to me. And I also knew that he would disappoint her. Sure. So... I'm bought into that as well mm-hmm. I where I fell off I felt like Parker tried to have his cake and eat it too a little bit mm-hmm. with table where he tried to make him he was a bad guy mm-hmm. but tried to make him this kind of lovable bad guy
0: mm-hmm. and
1: okay. and I felt like he missed I felt like no he's just objectively horrible
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not I'm no longer buying the trajectory of the relationship mm-hmm. and that's when some of the other smaller flaws for me started to become too much to overlook. Like in a lot of books, I finish most of what I read and I don't love most of what I read. Um, But when you get to that point where the central focus of the book Mm -hmm. falls, then that's when I usually, no matter how much I've read, I usually walk away. When I no longer am invested in the journey of the principal characters in a fiction book, I'm out.
0: I guess I was invested, mm-hmm. and maybe not even with Table too much. I don't mm-hmm. remember thinking a whole lot about him. You're right; I knew that he was terrible and mm-hmm. he was going to be a disappointment. But I definitely loved when he did end up going to prison for mm-hmm. a while. She was just like, "Okay, cool." Yeah. Like she didn't go visit him. She just did what yeah. she did all the things that she wanted to do. So I really did like Lady. Um, I think a part of me was like, "Did you get to the money part?"
1: Well. I met the rich uncle. Okay. Well, but, there's this,
0: I mean, not to spoil too much, but they come into some money. Yes. And I kind of feel like she's playing the long, like mm-hmm. I loved how she was just as devious probably mm-hmm. as he was, but smarter mm-hmm. and playing the long yeah. game. And she was really the person I cared mm-hmm. about the most. Um,
1: and I think she was the best drawn she, yeah, of she was, the three. She was a great Which I think was what, for me, mm-hmm. brought Table's weaknesses as a character more to the fore. And listen, I recognize it's very hard to do what he was trying to do, I think. It's a very difficult type of novel to pull off. He could have leaned fully into Table's evilness, Mm -hmm. um, and had it been kind of a story of redemption for her and the other woman in the book, he could have leaned away from it and made Table just more like a lie about kind of man who mm-hmm. just doesn't do anything mm-hmm. and leaned into the comedic and he tried to
0: yeah thread like that, that needle that line, with
1: yeah. table and then if you're going to do that then I have to buy and I, I think the money your point about the money part makes some sense mm-hmm. right that she was like listen there's money down here eventually yeah, if
0: I just hold on but at
1: this point like at the part where I stopped you had to buy that she believed him mm-hmm. like even though she'd seen it I had not ever At least that I'm aware, heard anybody. I'd never heard uh, Mal, is it Mel or whatever his name is, say that he was going to give them the money. Yeah. So you've got to really buy into this. This guy is going to leave all this stuff to this guy.
0: Well, and that's the thing that kept me going too, Mm -hmm. because, and you know that in real life, no, right. You know, like this would never ever happen. Right. But it's almost like you put these these really wacky folks, Mm -hmm. like you sort of created these characters that, again, they're not like super well-drawn because Mm -hmm. they are all sort of caricatures, I think, of rural Mm -hmm. Oklahomans, maybe. Um, But you put them in these really just wild situations and just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's I thought it was super Mm -hmm. fun. I don't know if Parker was trying to tell us anything really important. um, But, you know, they got some money. There was a scene at the end with the, larger-than-life Bass Pro Shop that I just, I still think about and laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the only time that I thought it was a little bit too much is, I, I did think, like, it wrapped, it took way too long to wrap up. Like, mm-hmm. we could have probably done all that a little earlier on. Um, but I enjoyed the ride. Yeah. Like I enjoyed the conversations, and I enjoyed all the weird little situations. Not only Table and um, Lady got themselves in, but then, Whenever we start seeing Priscilla more, mm-hmm. we kind of find her in some mm-hmm. weird situations, too, as she's trying to get mm-hmm. to this guy. But, um, no, I thought it was great. So. One other
1: thing I have to say about it, because I just remembered this, and it was another thing that I found off-putting. Okay. I felt like it was written to be optioned. Oh. And I was like, I can, I can see him setting this up. I felt like... I
0: think a lot of writers write that Probably
1: way. so, but it's like, I need you to hide it better from me. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I don't like, need to be able to visualize a movie. Right. Up.
1: Like, when I go read a Lee Child book, like Jack Reacher, sure. I'm like, I'm actively thinking, who would I have play this person? You know? Um, I but, can't
0: think of anything I've read that I don't think has been written to mm-hmm. for that, like, to mm-hmm. not be option yeah. maybe. Except maybe some of our man booker.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. Some of that stuff. Like, yeah, when I read... Now, this is... Apples and oranges. When I read Zadie mm-hmm. Smith, I'm not thinking this is made to be optioned,
0: because yeah. I don't know how you'd make. Did you some finish of this stuff. The Fraud? Did you read yes. it? Yes. Did you love it? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I thought it was excellent.
0: Yeah, I did not. Well, I mean, yeah. I think it's excellent. I mm-hmm. just think it's too smart for me. hmm I
1: yeah, well, that will be. It. I would have to refresh <laughs> to talk about it. Okay. Um, because it's about six books ago. Yeah,
0: long, but um, me too.
1: but yeah, and again, like this is interesting as a reader, right? Like once I think an author has, it's like people. Once an author has made a positive impression, mm-hmm. it would take a lot for me to read one of her books and be like, "Meh," because yeah. I'm so expectant. I have done that before. Mm-hmm. Shout out to John Irving,
0: sure, but
1: but I haven't yet with Zadie. Mm-hmm. Um, I say her like I know her, right? Yeah. Like oh, I'll text Zadie. That? Yes, uh, I haven't done that with Zadie Smith uh, yet. So no, I I liked The Fraud, and I thought I thought it was really interesting mm-hmm. um, what she did with it, um, but. Yeah, like Parker, I was like, I, I guess I was like, be a little more, like, the Picoda book that both of you and I loved, right? Ivy oh. Uh Singer Down,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think would be an excellent film mm-hmm. in the right hands. Sure. but I didn't read that thinking.
0: It didn't feel cinematic. It didn't were... feel
1: like that was the intent, mm-hmm. oh, like, like where she set out to write a book that could be. Mm-hmm adapted into a potential good movie Mm -hmm. i felt like that sometimes when i was reading parker's book where i was like okay some of these set pieces and these scenes and and part of it is maybe because he's funny um but it was like some of these scenes i feel like are so overtly like option me Mm -hmm. um very the a lot of the visual gags that he writes about i thought were anyway so i don't know it was just a vibe that i got when Mm -hmm. i was reading it and i was like well if it's written to be optioned, I'll just wait for the movie.
0: Yes, I think it'd be a series.
1: Probably. An HBO series. It could be an HBO series. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's been optioned.
0: I, I mean, everything. everything
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, and I like, so he also, he writes, um, sports columns mm-hmm. uh, for The Ringer and he he's, he writes a lot about the Oklahoma City Thunder so if you're into the NBA his stuff about the Thunder is really good and fun mm-hmm. like he brings some of that whimsy to his, yeah, to his basketball career. writing okay. and I've enjoyed those articles from him in the past so I was pretty enthusiastic which may have also been a problem yeah you know I was pretty enthusiastic about I went that.
0: into it totally blind yeah. not knowing what to expect or yeah. what I just thought the cover was cool and it had a good title
1: mm-hmm. so it does have a good title mm-hmm. yeah
0: um and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that has a lot to do with it, too. What yeah. our preconceived expectations yeah. are of a book.
1: Yeah. And if you, yeah. Because sometimes have none. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure.
1: So what are you reading, Sarah?
0: Well, I just finished. Um, I did some reading for Stimson and Stories, mm-hmm. which is tomorrow evening. Um, so I finished books for that. I, I kind of did some backlist stuff. By backlist, I mean it came out last year. 2023, mm-hmm. I did Silas House's newest book, Lark Ascending. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I won't talk too much about no. all of these, but um, Silas House right now is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. He um, is it Tyler Childers. Yes,
1: with the, the video musician
0: with the mine. The oh gosh, yes, the the country musician who did a music video recently about the miners that are gay.
1: Oh yeah, it's like I think the that's the love
0: song. That thing. sounds that's in so, love. Yeah. Sorry, I messed that up. I should have googled it. But anyway, Silas House kind of wrote that mm-hmm. screenplay mm-hmm. and like was involved with that music video. So he was like up for a Grammy or yeah. something recently. So he's kind of all over. He's also going to be at the conference that Tasha's. Oh to yeah, so that I'm really excited. Uh-huh. Anyway, he's a Southern fiction writer um, who writes a lot about um, like marginalized uh-huh. like like gay folks. Yes. You know. Um, But this is a little bit different. Uh, We still have some gay characters, but it's sort of, uh, sort of almost dystopian, Mm -hmm. and it's where um, Lark, who is our main character, and his family are fleeing to Ireland Mm -hmm. um, because the United States has crumbled. Mm -hmm. So it's that. It was really good.
1: Well, that sounds like a great book for 2024. Really
0: sad, like a lot, like death, death, death. But it's all ultimately really hopeful. There's. Mm -hmm a dog character that mm-hmm. we get his point of view a little bit and sort of helps Lark on his journey and um, meet some folks along the way. Um, anyway, so that was really good. And then I also finished the new Alice McDermott called um, Absolution. And have you read her before?
1: No, I don't think
0: so. She's very Catholic, like mm-hmm. Irish Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of her books sort of are surrounding that mm-hmm. theme. Like her characters are very devout. Mm-hmm. and um, But this is the story of... Um, a woman named Patricia, and it kind of goes back and forth between her time in Saigon, mm-hmm. um, right before the fall of Saigon, like mm-hmm. the early 60s, I guess. And um, she's a newlywed, and it's um, sort of an aspect of the war that I never really thought of, and it's when all of these kind of American diplomats and sort of corporate guys mm-hmm. were kind of going over there to mm-hmm. do deals and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it kind of focuses on their wives. Yeah, because they're living in like these villas mm-hmm. and they have you know maids and things mm-hmm. like that, um, and they're bored. So they do mm-hmm. what smart women do, and they like start reaching out, like doing advocacy for. Yeah. Her. But there's also like that kind of white savior thing happening, yeah. you know anyway, so it's kind of epistolary between her and um, her friend um, Charlene, who she was in Saigon with, is, is dead at this point, and she's writing letters to Charlene's daughter sort of telling her about her mom and that kind of thing. Um, And it kind of goes back and forth, too, because she talks about how she got married and her own life. And, you know, it's just this back and forth, Mm -hmm. very nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's beautiful, though. She's a really good writer. She does a lot of, like, light and dark stuff and um, really sets the scene. And um, there's a lot of, like, she wants nothing more than to to be a mom. Um, And she never really gets Mm -hmm. to. So that's a struggle throughout as well. Um. anyway, it was really good. It was good. Yeah. Okay. I liked it. But I do kind of predict, because this was this came out in October, and it was, like, again, kind of Vietnam era. And then we have the Kristen Hanna book. Kristen Hanna, you know, Kristen Hanna, big time, kind of women's fiction writer. She did um, The Nightingale and um, um, The Great Alone. Her newest book was Four Winds, she, historical fiction. Yes. So her newest book is Vietnam, okay. called The Women. So okay. I think that like Vietnam is our next big like, historical oh, fiction right. era that we're moving into. That's there, my prediction for 2024.
1: There was a great moment just then on the pod where you asked me a question and I just shook my head. Oh yeah, did y'all see which that? Which is really poor podcasting. I
0: bet they could figure <laughs> it out by <laughs> my response.
1: Anyway, yeah, that would be interesting, the Vietnam it feels like it's time to – because those guys are dying.
0: Yeah, start thinking about um, them. Mm-hmm.
1: It's probably time to put the final final touches on that.
0: Well, uh, I'm, you know, giving the women's perspective. Yeah, which right. We're, we're doing now, mm-hmm. um, which I mm-hmm. totally am here for. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean that in a snarky way, but I, I do love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember on the last podcast if we talked about the Paul Thoreau book that I read called The Grand Railway Bazaar. Which was written in the '70s, so it's 1974. Yes. Didn't yeah. we talk about that? a little
0: bit, that? but you can talk about it. For anyway,
1: me. it it touches on Vietnam, which is what made mm-hmm. me think of it. Yeah. Throat takes the train
0: yeah.
1: from Paris to like Japan. Obviously, yeah. there's a couple flights and ferry rides in there, but he's going through Vietnam post U.S. withdrawal, pre fall of Saigon, and that's one of. The, so I'll just commend old travel writing for this because there's no way to go back and write that contempt, you can write a novel set in a time Mm -hmm. but when you're writing it from the present into the past there's no way to capture the spirit of of what it was actually like in the time uh, because there's no hindsight he's just traveling through vietnam on a train as the the north vietnamese and the south vietnamese wind down the civil war Mm -hmm. and writing about what that is like and there's a lot of really good I think travel writing from particularly like the forties through the eighties okay. when you really could kind of still just roam. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can't just roam as much anymore um and so in certain parts of the world, so anyway, hmm. but yeah, yeah I think good. Vietnam it does seem like
0: yeah. we're
1: having kind of our final wrestling maybe with that,
0: yeah, I think so too, uh-huh um. You know, and it's one of those things where I can't remember where I sort of heard this con- on a podcast I was mm-hmm. listening to probably. But, you know, right now we're so inundated with minute by minute what's happening yeah. in parts of the world that we didn't necessarily mm-hmm. have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes some time to uncover all of mm-hmm. those different perspectives and thoughts and ideas and themes and problems. Well, it's,
1: but just talking off the cuff. Right, I think Saving Private Ryan came out in like '97, '98, mm-hmm. so about fifty-three years after yeah. the end of that war. Yeah. So now we're at 2024, 20, mm-hmm. and the Vietnam War ended about 49 years ago. Yeah, so. so it seems like culturally, that's kind mm-hmm. of a thing, you know, to close yeah. the close the loop, close yeah. the you know, yeah, tell those final stories while then we'll
0: there's get Afghanistan and Iraq. Oh,
1: that'll be. Terrible. Like we've already gotten some of that stuff, but yeah. no, I mean there's more to come probably.
0: More
1: know. to come. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, I'm
0: writing those novels now.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm reading a book right now called uh, "The Darkness Manifesto" by a Swedish naturalist, mm-hmm. and it's really depressing, but fascinating at the same time because he's talking about the effect, like. The Effects of Light Pollution, really. Yeah. It's a much more poetic sort of book than that. I've just made it clunky by saying it that <laughs> way. But um, but it's pretty interesting. And the ways in which animals function in the dark, it's made me think that I should turn off all my lights outside at night. Uh, I do. Yeah. Well,
0: no, I don't. I keep my
1: carport on. Carport. Yeah, there's like, right? You want to leave those kind of safety lights on, yeah. but then it's like,
0: it's Doesn't seem good. to bother the animals around my house. That no. Still thriving.
1: Yeah, yeah. The he spends a li- well. Things. He spends a lot of time on insects. Oh, insects. the insect piece. They, they are animals. I think. I'm kidding. No, but they're not lovable, right? Like nobody, nobody's that keen on insects. Sure. Um, you know. But anyway, there's this. Uh, I just read about it. There's a a dung beetle. Mm-hmm that what he does is they'll go find the animal dung and they'll put it into a little ball and then he'll just roll it back to his den. Aww. And the way he navigates is by what's imperceptible to us, which is moonbeam. So even if there's a new moon, he's able to see enough light from the moon to know how to get back to his, huh. his den with his food. Okay. Well, you can't do that. Once he gets anywhere near an urban area Mm -hmm. that's over for him
0: sure what's he do
1: he just doesn't do
0: right right so it just
1: that it's just a small example of like the ways in which animals and insects navigate Mm -hmm. in the darkness that we aren't aware of and we can't perceive and we don't really care about like does that mean that we should turn off all our lights to save the dung beetle i mean that's a different conversation (laughs) but like he writes a lot about the impact um Of light, particularly Mm -hmm. on insect life, and the ways in which they kind of brilliantly navigate Mm -hmm. that we just can't even begin to perceive or understand.
0: Yeah. Well, I think my first real encounter with light pollution, like understanding it or thinking about it as it pertains to animals, Mm -hmm. was with, and I don't think you like her a whole lot, Helen McDonald's. Oh, yeah. her book *Vesper Flights* uh-huh. was a collection of essays, and uh-huh. there was one particularly yeah. about birds. She was mm-hmm. studying from way mm-hmm. high up, like the Empire State Building mm-hmm. or something. Um, and it really is quite, quite sad that we've just mm-hmm. created this thing that throws their entire ecosystem right. off the course and um, threatens their the way of their life.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it messes with their ability to do what they're the supposed radars, to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything,
0: but. Um, yeah, it's just another way humans have screwed up the world.
1: Yeah, and it's like, you know, I I think you got to hold these things in balance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I find in this type of writing, the author has to be careful to not be so, like, dour that Mm -hmm. you stop reading. But you, as a reader, this goes back to conversations like we had about um, Monster, like, you as a reader have to process it in a healthy way, right? Like there's a reason we leave our lights on outside at sure. night and we're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Like wanting to make sure that your We're not doing
0: it to kill the dunks. Correct, beetles. right? Like <laughs> we're not
1: like screw those beetles, <laughs> I'm turning on all the lights. You know, that's not right. it's it it's so it's it's just really competing interests. It's not like some, you know, self-centered act of
0: murder. But, but I guess, you know, when you read books like that it makes you mindful of it, it does. so at least there's, that's a step in the right direction, you know, like yeah. just being aware that you do, you are affecting things around you.
1: Yes, which in our American context is, is I think, a particularly important thing to always be mindful of because we're so uh, egocentric mm-hmm. um, and we don't view ourselves as being symbiotically related to anything around us. Mm-hmm. We view ourselves as these kind of pillars of individualism. Yeah. And that's just not anywhere near the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's the insect or whether it's other people, um, there is no way to separate out the I from the we. Sure. You can't.
0: Yeah. I mean, people do. They do. and they. <laughs>
1: but, you know, I think that's just an act of, of just ignorance. ignorance.
0: Yeah, I was um, driving down the road the other day and – there was a car in front of me like a Tahoe or something. And I, I gasped when I saw this, but the passenger side threw out <laughs> of their window like their Brahms. Right. Black bag. And I went, oh! Uh-huh. I was like, I cannot even fathom yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's
1: Yeah. And they need to read. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. And and <laughs> you know, that's the beauty of reading, right? Like yeah. I mean, you, you get all these words in your head yeah, that are somebody kids. else's words. My kids would
0: have never done mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, anyway, was, that kind of blew my mind. But, I mean, apparently that's something people do. Yeah. Like, my car, being clean is more important than right. this thing that uh, we all use together.
1: It's not as egregious, but I have the same reaction when people don't use a turn signal. It's like we are in a society, <laughs> right? Yep. You You're not – you're it's driving you. on roads yeah. with other cars, and it's – an act of hospitality yeah. to use a signal so that the person behind you doesn't have to slam on their brakes yeah. when you go to turn into Panera.
0: All right. We're getting cranky.
1: We are getting cranky. And it's because I ain't getting enough sleep, Sarah. <laughs> and uh, this is supposed to be a positive podcast. But anyway, and I only you made know, my
0: flavored Christmas coffee for you to drink today.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Well, let's end on a positive note. Yeah. Anything you're looking forward to this year in your reading life or anything coming out that you're super excited about?
1: Um, I don't know, uh, I did uh, get two books from you today, and you said they're both zeitgeisty. Yeah. So I'll read what those, You Dreamed of Empires by Alvaro Enrique.
0: And by zeitgeisty, I think what he means is I heard them on NPR.
1: Okay. <laughs> and then. So that's
0: kind of zeitgeisty, I guess.
1: A book called My Friends by uh, Hisham Matar. Mm-hmm. So the this one, the My Friends one, um, I am looking forward to, because this is a, Old Phil would not have read this, but it's one of those things where I just find myself constantly, Rich it's just about Libyans. Yeah. Like, it's about three expat Libyans who live in the United Kingdom and then deal with the fall of Gaddafi. And it's semi-autobiographical. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know anything about that. I've never given it a single thought. When I think of Libyans, I think of Back to the Future. So it's like...
0: There you go. <laughs> Change that
1: perspective. That's right. So anyway, I, I'm good. I'm looking forward to that. So um, I have I'm a looking good stack.
0: forward to Kylie Reed's new book that actually comes out the end of this month. But it's called. Um, I'll get it in a second. But it's set in, um, here in Northwest Arkansas. Oh, like University mm-hmm. of Arkansas is like, the main character mm-hmm. is going to school there. I think there's going to be some like Walmart. Oh, commentary uh-huh. happening. Um. Called come and, it's called yeah, Come and Get
1: It. Come and Get It. Come and Get It. Okay. It's
0: got a big pig on the mm-hmm. front. Oh, so, yeah. So I'm excited about mm-hmm. that. That's going to be our book club pick for February. Um, Tommy Orange has a new book coming mm-hmm. out this month, or this early part of mm-hmm. the year. Um, he did There There several years ago, so I'm excited.
1: My uh, mom will be excited. She loved that book.
0: Really? That kind of surprises me. Mm-hmm. It was very vulgar in parts. Yeah, She's it's good, though.
1: Judy Blackburn can roll with stuff. Good. I love yeah. it.
0: Um, so. And, yeah, I'm just excited about, um, we have all kinds of fun events and stuff going off the store. We have yeah. a book swap happening in February that I think will be fun. Um, our very first reading retreat is at the end of January. And, um, yeah, we've also been asked to, to host other booksellers from the South. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come to Fort Smith and, you know. Tour the city, and we'll talk about books and stuff like that. So, lots of good things happen in here. But that's great. Yeah, we're excited.
1: Is there a is there a UFS community read this year? Do we know like because we had colson Whitehead last year? Right,
0: not this year. It's like every other year. Okay. So we're still they're still doing colson Whitehead mm-hmm. like teaching it in courses okay. and stuff, but I think they did get approved for the following year. Yeah. And I'm not sure what book they're gonna do yet.
1: Yeah.
0: And. Um, And they're also working pretty closely, I think, with the Marshalls Museum, who's doing the same thing. So I think it'll be a bigger, maybe more marketable um, event. So we'll keep you posted for sure.
1: Okay. Well, good pod. Uh, We'll see if we don't lose this one, Sarah. I'll try.
0: try. All
1: right. Do my best. Do your best. All
0: right. Have a good rest of your day. Bye, everybody. Bye.